everyone, I'm Liam and this is Words with Women. Welcome to another episode of Words with Women. The past week was Mental Illness Awareness Week and we have dedicated an entire week sharing mental health resources on our social media. We also have a very special guest for this episode, Donna Ryan, who is a licensed professional counselor and licensed substance abuse treatment practitioner in the state of Virginia and United States. She has worked with individuals who struggle with substance abuse and serious mental illness. Today, she will be sharing her experience and giving us insights about mental health, healthy coping mechanisms and how COVID-19 is impacting everyone's mental health. So join us for words of advice, words of wisdom on your bi-weekly podcast, Words with Women. Welcome back to another episode of Words with Women. Today is a very special episode since it's Mental Health Week. And our guest speaker for today is uh, Donna Ryan, who's joining us today. So thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. And we also have Lauren, our VP brand, who connected us with Donna, actually. Yeah, I'm so excited to be back on the podcast um, when we were content planning and we decided we wanted to do a mental health week episode. I immediately thought of Donna because she's my aunt. Fun fact, everybody. <laughs> um, so yeah, I really thought of my auntie Donna because you're a great speaker and you're also a psychology professional and I just love everything you stand for. So I'm really excited for you to be on the podcast. Thank you. I am so flattered to be here. Thank you. To kick off our topic for today, given that it's Mental Health Week and we use mental health a lot around, can you give us a definition of what mental health means exactly? Yes, uh, you're right. We do use it a lot and kind of throw that around. And mental, mental health, when we speak about the, our mental health, we're really talking about your emotional wellness or your emotional state of being as well as your psychological state of being and your social state of being and um we are students me and lauren we're still students and this is a <laughs> podcast hosted by students so we know that two common problems that students uh, experience the most are anxiety and depression do you think that these are the most common mental health problems I do think they're a very common mental health problem, and it's also very common for them to go hand in hand. Um, if someone is, is experiencing anxiety, it's not uncommon for them at times to also experience depression. So mm -hmm. um, when you are in an environment that can be very stressful, like university, yeah. uh, things like anxiety and depression can really come up. Mm -hmm. Is it possible to have anxiety or depression and not know or the symptoms can go unnoticed? Absolutely. Sometimes uh, the symptoms of anxiety and depression um, are just seem like normal symptoms in, in mm -hmm. a situation. Uh, maybe you're not sleeping well or maybe you mm -hmm. are, your appetite's kind of off a little bit or you don't feel like being around people. Maybe you're really um, irritable a lot or in a bad mood. You might be struggling with either anxiety or depression, but not have any sense that that's what these symptoms are indicating. Mm -hmm. So how do you know when you're actually, you know, maybe you're just having sleeping troubles or how do you tell when it is that anxiety or depression that's affecting you? I think usually there's a couple of things that have to happen. Either you start to explore 
what's bothering you? Is there something on my mind that's keeping me awake at night? Mm -hmm. Is there some reason why I just don't feel like eating anymore? Am I worrying about something all the time? But a lot of times people don't really figure that out until maybe it's ongoing, it just doesn't go away, or maybe it gets to the point where it's really starting to affect your daily life and your well-being, and mm -hmm. you feel like you can't manage it anymore and have to get some help. I recently watched a TED Talk that talks about anxiety and how it could be positive and negative, and it all depends on our perception of it. So what do you think about that? Well, I think that's an interesting thing to remember. Um, anxiety is normal. Uh, mm -hmm. Everyone has anxiety, and it really mm -hmm. is uh, one of the ways your body lets you know that either, you know, maybe things are stressful or even dangerous, mm -hmm. right? So we need that anxiety because it's giving us, it's our brain sending messages to us that something's yes. not quite the way it should be. Mm -hmm. So it's not necessarily a bad thing, but if it is all the time, or if it starts to make your world very small where you're not doing things you love to do because of it, um, mm -hmm. or it's affecting your physical health, then you know that it's, it's definitely not in that positive realm anymore. Yeah. yeah. How can you know that it's affecting your mental health? Like what are like kind of the symptoms to look, uh, to look for? I think that it's important to, again, we use the idea of sleeping and eating, that, you know, sleeping is so important. And yeah. I'm sure as college students, you find that <laughs> that kind of can go out the door, right? As soon as yeah. you go, I don't need, I'll be fine on a few hours of sleep. Yeah. <laughs> but really, your body um, really struggles with that. So if you find yourself, you know, not sleeping, not eating, if you find yourself starting to isolate from the people that you care about and usually enjoy spending time with, that's an important indicator. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a difference between getting some downtime by yourself and never wanting to be around anyone. Yeah. Um, paying attention to those, maybe you're going out and partying all the time and you are not getting your work done like you should. Mm -hmm. You know, all of those are kind of red flags for you to say, what's going on here? Yeah. yeah. And what about on the flip side? So say you're the friend that someone is distancing themselves from and they're not being so social and you notice that your friend is having those type of symptoms. What can you do as like the friend and the bystander of that? Well, I think reaching out to them, a lot of people are reluctant to, to reach out and talk to someone because they feel like they might be imposing. Mm -hmm. People don't like to talk about mental health because they feel like, there's kind of a stigma about it. So you yeah. don't want to insult someone and yeah. say, are you depressed? You seem depressed. Right? Um, yeah. But, it, you know, as long as it's not a safety issue, I think that it's okay to be very straightforward with someone and say, hey, I haven't seen you around. It seems like, um, you know, you've been laying low for a long time. Is everything okay? How about coffee? How about hanging out for an hour? And kind of, you know, keep checking in that way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think it's very important to like, when you reach out, to not take anything they say personally, because otherwise you might end up like being offended or kind of like mm -hmm. take it out of proportion in some way. That's a really good point. Because remembering that if someone is very anxious or very depressed, they're really not mm -hmm. at their best. They might not be acting like themselves. That's a really common complaint. People will say mm -hmm. they're just not themselves. Yeah. Um, 
So remember, it's not about you. It's about them really not feeling well. Yeah. And um, we talked about the symptoms. We talked about the difference between like kind of good stress and bad stress. Is it possible to have anxiety and still be able to be functional and like live with it? Or is it even possible to kind of like cure it? I think across the board, I would say yes to all of those. Um, you know, anxiety has a number of causes. I mean, it can be a situation that's occurred. It could be, you know, sometimes anxiety actually has a genetic component where yeah. depending on, you know, how you're wired, I like to say, or what's handed down to you genetically, you may experience more anxiety or the way you were raised or things. So there's a lot of different components to that. Mm -hmm. I would say that there are, are many, many people who have anxiety, manage it and have very successful high functioning lives. Mm -hmm. um, can it be cured? Yes. There's medicine that can help. There's different therapies that can help. Uh, but I like to think of it in terms of managing it rather than controlling it because, yeah. um, or curing it because curing to me implies that it's never, you're never going to have anxiety anymore. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And that would be the dream. I just, I know like a couple of years back, uh, back in the day, like I noticed that every person, like their stress levels are different. Like what is to me is kind of, a lot of stress and I can't handle it. Let's say for someone else could be like a normal stress level. And I know for myself, when I get stressed or anxious, I might have some little butterflies in my stomach, or I even have some tingling in my right arm. And for all my life, I thought it, it is a normal thing. Like everyone feels anxious that way. And it was still high school when I was talking to one of my friends and I mentioned it casually. And then she said, no, she never experienced it. And it was at that moment when I realized every person experiences different things when it comes to stress and anxiety, and it doesn't have to be the same for everyone. Yes, I, I think that's a really good point. And it's all going to be so personal in how you perceive something and how you cope with it at, versus how much it bothers you. You know, mm -hmm. there's always people who seem to be able to go through stressful things and kind of be like, eh, it's all Sorry. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, I think that would be really great. <laughs> but <laughs> everybody's not like that. Exactly. So when we talk about men and women, is there a difference between them when it comes to mental health and like how um, they approach mental health in general? Well, you know, it's, that's such an interesting question. And I actually did a little bit of research on that when you asked, because I thought that's fascinating and I, I'm not really sure. Mm -hmm. I do know, or, or did know that, you know, women tend to be a little bit, and this is a stereotype, a little yeah. bit more open to to seeking help and and talking about mm -hmm. mental health yeah um, and that goes into cultural stereotypes as you know um, but they also are they are still really studying the differences between how men and women um, respond to anxiety for example or how they experience anxiety versus how mm -hmm. men experience and I think that one of the reasons it's so inconclusive at this point is that they also it's hard to do that without taking in you know the background of culture or mm -hmm. race or ethnicity or or um, socioeconomic status so there's so many different things that come into play they do show that women tend to have more anxiety more often than men mm -hmm. interesting uh, 
Yeah. yeah. The study I saw said about the rate of two to one. So that's quite a bit in my yeah. opinion. Mm-hmm. But then I, that begs the question to me, do they really, or do they only yeah. report it more often? That's what I was thinking. Maybe men are yeah. scared to come up and say, I have anxiety and I have feelings because I know that's a struggle that men have. So that could also be why there's two to one. Yeah. yeah. For me, like how this question came to me, it's um, last week when I was going through Instagram and I saw a post that uh, men tend to have higher uh, suicide rates than women. So that just like made me think, does that mean they have like more mental health problems or? It is intriguing. And one of the things I learned in looking into this too, is they said that in, for a generality as women who have anxiety tend to cope by doing what they refer to as kind of an agoraphobia reaction, meaning they tended to want to close in and isolate themselves when men were reporting experiencing anxiety, the go-to coping skill in this study was substance use. Oh, you know, have a drink. Interesting. And I thought that was really interesting as well. Mm-hmm. How accurate, I don't know, but it is an interesting mm-hmm. um, premise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, guess more research will be done about it and soon hopefully you will know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think it's always changing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're also in unprecedented times. We know that it's COVID-19. We're in a pandemic and it's uh, impacting people's lives, basically, in every aspect, work, school, their families. Um, How would you say COVID-19 is impacting people's uh, mental health? I think think we're really seeing a lot of increase in anxiety and depression. We see people tending to isolate or at least being forced to isolate more. Um, Mm -hmm. And if you're somebody who's extroverted and thrives on and gets your energy from other people, uh, isolation is going to be even that much more difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, In my work now, you know, we, we are seeing people who are struggling because it's harder to get in touch with providers. Um, There's, you know, when things are not in person, um, and you don't have the technology that you need, it can become, again, very isolating. You can't get the help you need. Mm-hmm. Um, and their normal coping skills are not always, you know, are feeling a little bit overwhelmed. Yeah. So I think we're really looking at a lot of increase in, in mental health needs during this pandemic, for sure. Yeah. Do you think that people will kind of like get get used to like being isolated or... Um, kind of being distanced and having everything through technology and then it wouldn't be as if like an added stress and it will be just something normal or do you think that humans always need that kind of like connection and you know having that um, human to human interaction for them to um, thrive and have like a better mental health? I think we're you know I I think we're going to find ways around it, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Um, The Mm -hmm. technology is going to, in my opinion, I wouldn't be surprised if it becomes more normalized because we have to. Um, But I also think we're social animals and we need people and we need each other. And so I feel like we're going to kind of be forced to find ways around the technology. How can we safely um, interact with other people. And you're seeing some of that. I don't know if you are by you, but um, here in the States, we're seeing people forming little bubbles of yeah. people that they can say, okay, it's safe for me to see this small amount of people during mm-hmm. this time. Um, yeah. So it, I think we're going to see a lot more of that. 
I think it does make it harder for people who don't have the same type of resources or social support. Mm -hmm. I remember when lockdown just started back in March and I was in, it was pretty much new and it was for me the end of the semester. So it was the, so I had a lot of finals and my roommate at the time she had to leave. So I was like by myself for a month. And I remember pretty much every evening and like every two days I would call people or talk mm -hmm. to someone because just staying by myself and finals, it was not like the ideal situation at all. Wow, that must have been really difficult. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty good at keeping myself busy, but what I noticed for sure, um, more thoughts, I had more thoughts than I usually do. So I was thinking more than my typical daily thinking. <laughs> Spent a lot of time in your head? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yes, I don't think you're alone in that. <laughs> Absolutely. So we talked about mental health in general and COVID-19 and how it's impacting everyone's mental health, basically. But what do you think are some bad coping mechanisms that people fall into? I think there are a lot of them, and you're probably familiar with them just from hearing things in the media and, and being at university. Mm -hmm. I mean, certainly substance use is one of the bad coping skills. And that's a particularly challenging one because it, it tricks you into thinking that it's effective at first, yeah, right? Because yeah. it makes you feel better, but just for a while and then it doesn't do its job and it can really lead to some problems. Um, there is also, you know, eating, overeating, mm -hmm. um, yeah. not eating enough, restricting, you know, trying to find that control and restricting your food, um, shopping, um, that can definitely be, you know, we joke about retail therapy, but <laughs> if that thing. gets to be out of hand, it's a yeah. thing, yes. Um, gambling, you know, so all of the things that you hear about that can become problematic. Um, yeah, drinking. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Even the the video games or the, the binging on TV can become like just the way you're escaping from what's going on instead. Yeah you know, trying some healthier, healthier coping skills, like getting out for a walk or, or um, talking to a friend or, you know, anything like that. Exercising, even if the gym is not accessible yeah. as it mm -hmm. used to be, but home workouts. Right. And, and it really, that's so important to yeah. stay well. So if you do have those bad habits that we talked about, mm -hmm. how can you try and break those toxic and bad habits? Um, I think that can be really hard. As you know, habits are um, really difficult to break if you've ever tried to stop. Um, I mean, think about things that you do every day that you kind of rely on, but take for granted. You're using your phone, uh, being on mm -hmm. social media, coffee, cigarettes, any of those kind of things. Um, I think first, before you can break that habit, you have to take a look at that habit. You know, where are you using it? What's it doing for you? And how can you change your patterns yeah. and substitute something healthy in there? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I think um, I think I read before that in order for you to like break a bad habit, you need to substitute it with a new healthy habit because your brain is always wired like to do certain things over and over and again. So if like you're stopping it, stopping it from doing one thing, you have to give it something else that is healthier and better to do. Mm -hmm. And I think it's still easier said than done. You can do Absolutely. it, but it's, um, it, it can be really difficult. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Why do you think people don't seek help? 
Oh, I think there's a number of reasons. I Like we talked about earlier, I think there is the stigma associated with mental health. And, you know, I can't tell you how many times, even if it's just sitting down to talk for a few minutes, somebody, the first thing is, you know, I'm not crazy. And people, people have that fear that somebody's going to view them negatively mm-hmm. and, and attach this label to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's unfortunate because, you know, we go to the doctor for a checkup when we don't feel well, we go see a doctor, but we don't think that we should take care of, mm-hmm. you know, our emotional well-being in the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think also some people think they don't need help or they think it's a sign of weakness to ask for that help. Um, yeah. You know, people say really interesting things like, I don't believe in mental health. I don't know what that means, but um, (laughs) (laughs) but they say that meaning, you know, I don't need any help or it's private business. I'm not going to talk about my problems. So I think all of that does, though, kind of revolve around the stigma. Mm -hmm. I know that now during COVID-19, like it's a little bit harder to reach out to a therapist and talk to them. And a lot of them are using like platforms like Teams, Zoom, to conduct their sessions. Do you think it can be like as effective as an in-person? You know, that's a really good question because I too have been forced to do some of, meet with some clients over um, Zoom. Mm-hmm. And I was very skeptical at first. I just thought this isn't gonna work. You know, I personally prefer face-to-face, yeah. but I am surprised at how effective it can be to meet Really, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do think there's benefit to it. Perfect. Um, so with everything being online, how can we like stay positive and engage in our daily life? I think that, um, you know, really getting your support system behind you, making sure that you try to stay connected to people that you care about and that care about you. Um, if you are starting to struggle, let someone know. And I think also, you know, read things that are positive, write Mm -hmm. affirmations down. And as much as that sounds silly to a lot of people, it really does help our brains stay in a positive mode because negativity is very toxic and it it really builds on itself. So anytime you're countering negativity with something positive, that's that's a really good thing. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying lie to yourself and pretend everything's fine when it's not, Mm -hmm. but um you know, surround yourself with people either virtually or in person who, who are good for you and healthy for you. So we're going to move to the rapid three, two, one. So essentially the first question has uh, a three word answers. The second question will have a two word answer. And the last question will have a one word answer. (laughs) Oh boy. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Take as much time as you need. No rush. So for the first question, what are the three values that got you where you are today? I think um, probably empathy. Um, Can hard work be one word? Yeah. Yeah. It counts. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And um, persistence. Mm -hmm. Nice. A lot of people say empathy. I feel like a lot of like almost every episode empathy gets mentioned isn't that which funny is, that's great yeah, which yeah. is great because it's not something that you think of but i'm glad that others think of empathy because that's a great i think part. that empathy 
has grown and like people learn about it more and more like within the last year so and mm-hmm. I feel like Brene Brown like in her books and shows and everything that she talks about it a lot so I feel like it helps um like more people have like understand it better than before mm-hmm. yes yes I agree I agree and our world needs it right now so that's what I was thinking <laughs> <Absolutely>. yeah. <laughs> so for the second question what are the two things that make you feel motivated or inspired so when um, things are not going the way you want them to be. What are two things that keep you kind of grounded? The two things that will really keep me grounded and motivated is practicing gratitude really mm-hmm. keeps me grounded. And by that, I mean, just looking at the things in, in my life that I'm so grateful for my family and, and friends. And um, I think the other thing is understanding that um, for me, if I'm able to help someone in any way, even if it's a small thing, that is, um, that's a really important motivator for me. Mm-hmm. Perfect. And we have one more question. Okay. What is the one skill that you think is very important in all aspects of life? I'm going to say practicing kindness. That is a good one. Oh. and with that we conclude our episode thank you so much for joining us today oh thank you for having me it was a pleasure thanks again for listening to another episode of words with women i really hope you enjoyed it and make sure to follow us on instagram at telferwmn on facebook and linkedin under telfer women in management network We also organize online events and our next event is Real Talks Entrepreneurship is coming up soon. So stay tuned for that. Thanks again for listening and have an amazing week.